Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a preseason defensive edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Let's keep this train rolling, jump into the defensive side. All right, let's start with the defensive line, which is what we do. And uh, I'm going to tell you the defensive line is the single uh, biggest position of concern that I have for the Alabama defense. Uh, I like the names. I know the names. But, you know, in reality, there's only two with a dependable track record. And one of those guys is coming back from an injury that nearly cost him his career. Uh, and yet some people would argue this is the strength uh, of, of the team. I've seen I've seen that written. And, uh, you know, I root for your brother. I hope that that's right. I want that to be right. But show me. Show me how that happens. Let's see that play out. So let's do what we do. Let's break down the positions. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, Alabama plays a, a 3-4, so I'm going to go three down linemen, uh, an end, a nose, and an end. I think uh, the starter at one of the end positions is Justin Aboibe. Uh, he's the individual that came back, is coming back uh, from an injury. Uh, I think he participated a little bit in the in the spring, and uh, he's uh, seemingly has been gone uh, full go in the fall. Justin Aboibe, I've said this before, and I, I believe it in my heart, was just on the edge of breaking out last season when he suffered an injury. I think it was after, I want to say it was in practice after the Vanderbilt game, which I think was game four of the season, but he was just about to break out. And uh, and then he went down with an injury and was not available uh, for the rest of the season. I think if he comes back to form, uh, he's going to have a phenomenal season and be an asset to the defensive front. So I have him penciled in, pinned in, as a starter at one of the end positions. The no starter is Jaheim Otis. And he's a return starter from last year, uh, was a true freshman last year, and played very well uh, for Alabama. He has the opportunity, a year under his belt, uh, a year older, a year in the weight room system. He's the cat that dropped 100 pounds, you know, from the time he got on campus to the start of the season. And so now he's 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 even going to be, I'm going to say, physically healthier a year later than he was then with the sustained weight loss because he's not playing from a, a position of I've just depleted my, my body of 100 pounds over the last nine months. I've maintained that weight or similar weight for almost a year. And so he's body. I just have that. I'm not a medical doctor. I don't play one on a podcast. I just feel that there's going to be a, a physical stability, if if you will, uh, about his relative health and weight and uh, playing size. And I think his body is going to be much more prepared to exploit that lighter weight. Uh, plus, I know he's put on strength from a year ago as well. So I expect, plus just the traditional advancement from a freshman and sophomore season, I just think Otis is going to be uh, that much better this year than last year. From there, it's a lot of questions. Uh, the other end, I think it's Tim Smith. 
who we have seen glimpses of, but somehow already in a very uh, non-fanfare sort of way, Tim Smith is a senior. And I blink your eye, and, and he's a senior already. Uh, it seems like I remember him making plays a couple of times, uh, but I've not seen like, oh, this is Tim Smith's seasons where he's really stepping up and, you know, Saban says take the bull by the horn and and really wrestling away from someone else, a, a starting role and, uh, and, and a significant uh, contributor, a steady contributor across the, the stat sheet. Alabama needs him to do that this year. There's been past years where that might have been nice. This year in 2023, that is a need. Backing up each of these respective uh, players at one of the ends at backup, I've got Ja Moran uh, Lathan. Ja has certainly contributed in uh, spot duty over the last, well, you know, since his time at Alabama. But again, is another player that hasn't just carved out a, def- a defined role for himself. He certainly had a breakout day in A Day uh, a couple of three years ago, but again, hasn't turned that into steady. Uh, he's always, you know, maybe in the hockey line sort of switch and and that's as steady as you get. Uh, he'll make a couple plays, uh, but he's not, um, you know, he hasn't carved out sort of a niche for himself yet. And this will be a great year for him to do that. Uh, in the nose, I think the backup is, I've got a couple of guys at the nose. Uh, Tim Keenan is uh, cleared. I think he's going to be a redshirt sophomore. Uh, he is cleared from an injury his senior year in high school. For my money, I, you know, and I don't know the severity and, and coming back and all of that. It seems like it's taken him longer than, Hey, some players, some injuries, I get how it is. It's not a knock. Uh, but if he is fully sort of a clean bill of health, uh, then it'll be nice to, to see how he can perform this year. I know he was a highly recruited player, and so it'll be fun to see him sort of burst in the seams. And I've got him sort of oared as a backup at the nose with James Smith. It's supposed to be an electric, fast, um, first-step uh, defensive lineman, uh, though James is a true freshman, so we'll see how that plays out. And at the other end position, I've got Damon Payne. Uh, penciled in as a backup. Again, uh, you could give the same sort of message around uh, a number of these players. They've contributed. They've been on the field. They have made contributions. They're inconsistent. They haven't carved out a role. Uh, they haven't sort of planted, planted their foot in the ground and, 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 and taken the bulls by the horn and, or possessed the position and say that they're going to uh, be consistent performers. Um, uh, you know, the Lathan uh, Damon Payne, uh, Tim Smith, I think for my money, all are sort of fit in that category. Uh, and there's a pool of available players and it's a deep pool. Uh, I think I've got six or seven, uh, that I've, I've got sort of in the two deep because I've, I've inserted an or, and there's a whole nother seven players, uh, that are available that can provide depth or that maybe one of them can step up. So there's 14 players. There's enough players for this position to become a strength but it's not proven uh, yet enough to call it a strength. And so let's do uh, justice. Let's, let's work through uh, some of the, the other names. Curtis Perry is a, certainly a talented player. He's not really manifest that on the field. I'm hearing good things about Isaiah Hastings in camp. Maybe that he's just not consistent, but that he's on a path that maybe he hasn't been before. And so that'll be good to see uh, if that uh, manifests uh, to playing time. Uh, certainly getting into a two deep, but certainly the opportunity is there. Michael Goodwine fits that bill. And Anquin Barnes fits that bill. So a lot of guys, a lot of names, five or six names here. You, you kind of tell the same story. And then there's a couple of freshmen. In addition to James Smith, uh, Alabama recruited three, uh, I'm sorry, four defensive linemen with this last class. So there's Hunter Osborne, Jordan uh, Rinald, and Edric Hill. 
And so they potentially have, they may have a farther reach. I'm not sure that their upside is quite the same as James Smith, but they're certainly all talented players and can start to carve out uh, a role. I think James is at the top of that list. That electric first step, uh, I think, is going to give him a competitive edge over some of his uh, freshman brethren. But uh, they all have opportunities to, to develop and compete. And certainly, gosh, I hate to say it about the uh, Alabama defensive line, uh, but uh, if if a, a, a true sound defensive line is going to rotate five or six, seven players uh, across those three positions, the competition for anybody to walk onto campus and get in that top half uh, of the lineup, it's there. It's there. And that's that's no more knock than I than I want it to be. Uh, but it's 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 just true. If someone steps in and uh, wants to own the position or own a position in the rotation, it's there to be had. And so we're rooting for everyone to want to have that, raise that level of competition, and uh, see if this uh, see if the defensive line can't truly at least reach even. Uh, don't be a def- don't be a deficit for the team, and you don't have to be the best unit on the team, but just to be a proficient unit on the team. Uh, I think that raises sort of the average. Uh, performance level level across the defense, if you will. Questions. Um, is a boy be ready to pick up where he left off? Man, I really hope so. And uh, I, yeah, I just really like the kid and certainly rooting for him. I have a prediction on him. I'm going to hold that. I was going to spit that out too early. Which prior backups, and again, we talked about a number that we would define very similarly, uh, which prior backups are ready to step into productive roles? I'll take two, three, or four of them, and uh, and then I'll give you a defensive line that's uh, that's going to be really, really good. But we don't know which ones, and they certainly need to do it. Who is this year's uh, Q or Barmore or Byron Young, a uh, player that seemingly kind of stepped in from nowhere? Maybe we had an inkling, but they manifest uh, that into becoming a star or uh, something of a star on the defense. And we've got multiple guys that could do that. And if we had multiple guys do that, that would quite uh, quite be something. And then how big of a deal is the loss of Jamil Burroughs? Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, a couple of predictions, uh, a couple of these sort of butt up to the questions. Uh, prediction, a healthy Aboibi is all SEC. Uh, early in the season, the loss of Burroughs will be felt, but it won't be discussed. Uh, and the demands of this unit uh, will shift as the middle linebacker position for Alabama returns to form. And that, kids, is what we call foreshadowing. All right, let's talk outside linebacker, uh, outside linebackers. Uh, I saw recently where someone commented that Saban's purchase of a $17 million beach house in Florida is just obscene. That's gross. It's obscene. No. That's not true. It can't be true because a luxury beach house in an uber-exclusive neighborhood on an island off the coast of Florida isn't even the most prolific extravagance at Saban's fingertips. What is, you ask? It's Alabama's outside linebacker core, and it may not be close. I count eight players, four deep, if you, if you call it a two-player position, left and right, outside linebackers. At the top are projected All-Americas. At the bottom of the administrative grouping are multiple five-stars. And in the middle are players who lit up a five-star left tackle in Alabama spring game. It's a deep position. It's a quality position. What's clear is that Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell lead the unit. Less clear is how the rest of it 
shake out. So here's how I run it down. Dallas Turner, Chris Bradwell, there's your uh, Braswell, there's your two. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jer Jeremiah Alexander and Cano Coot, I've got in the two deep. Uh, Coot will be interesting to see uh, if uh, he can stay healthy. And with some rotation, that may persist uh, his ability to stay healthy. True freshman uh, running three deep, uh, true freshman Keon Keeley is going to be a player. And it may be hard to keep him in the three deep. He may step into uh, a two deep, especially if Coot, if his time is, is managed for injury or if he's out. Uh, also in the three deep, Quandarius Robinson. Wow, he looked so good in a day, so much better than I expected that he could look. He looked uh, tremendous, and I think he's a player that can certainly car carve out a role. And then the last two, and I'm going a little bit of seniority here, and I'm going a little bit players that I haven't seen uh, certainly as much, but uh, Quay uh, Russo and Yanzi Pierre, as I've got you know, a seven and eight, if you will, uh, at the position. Truly, truly a lot of talent, truly a lot of uh, SEC teams would trade their outside linebacker group uh, to get a shot at, uh, at a couple of these players. Just a tremendous, uh, tremendous amount of talent. As all linebackers, this may be the only position where I don't have a legit question. Uh, I think the talent is so quality and there's just so much, so much depth. Uh, you may have to go to Pornhub uh, to find this many capable players waiting in line. Uh, prediction, Dallas Turner is All-America. Braswell is All-SEC. Uh, Keon Keeley is too good to keep off the field. He's probably an all-freshman something, and he presents himself to be in the Will Anderson-Dallas Turner sort of lineage, and so we'll see how that uh, plays out. But uh, Fall Camp is, is communicating that. Uh, Keon Keeley also is new to campus. He was not here for spring. Prediction, lots of rotation and uh, lots of late game pressures and sacks because these youngsters are going to come in fresh uh, and ready to roll. And uh, just a, a tired, worn out, depleted offensive line uh, or second team offensive line just isn't going to be able to, to stand up to uh, stand up to the pressure. All right, let's move on and let's go uh, inside linebackers, you know, an adage in sports, not just football, but an adage in sports is that defenses are built up the middle. It's pretty universal, right? Uh, baseball, it's catcher, shortstop, center fielder. Basketball, you know, always here, you know, pick up the ball at the top of the key. And uh, if you have a rim protector, you know, behind you, then, you know, every defense is going to be a little bit better. Uh, golf, I mean, hell, they even put the windmill in front of the clown's mouth. Uh, and football is no difference. You know, it's nose, it's middle linebacker, and it's safety. And uh, middle linebacker or inside linebacker at Alabama with a 3-4 has been a position of weakness for the last several seasons. I, I went back and looked at the starting and even the two deep uh, middle linebackers. And I got back to 2017 before I found a legit and healthy two deep. And even it had questions. Uh, it was senior Sean Dion Hamilton, who I swear is one of the more underrated players uh, to play under Saban and uh, Rashad Evans. Now, again, both the seniors, and they were backed up by a sophomore, Mac Wilson, and a uh, freshman, uh, Dylan Moses. And so some of the questions could be, hey, Mac Wilson really didn't come on until a little bit later. And Dylan Moses at that time was an unproven uh, freshman. But again, you have to go back to 17 to even get a two deep that you would like that much. You know, if you run back through 
2019, it was Dylan Moses and, and Christian Harris. And I think 2019 is the, is the year that Alabama suffered just a, a run of injury uh, at the linebacker position, just a, a focus group of injury at, at a single uh, position. 2020, uh, Dylan Moses came back, just wasn't himself. He hobbled uh, nearly is, is what I would say. Somehow he was an All-America that year. I just don't understand. Uh, but uh, he just was not uh, himself. And then uh, Christian Harris returned again. And I think he was coming back from an injury too. Uh, so two quality players that we would have liked to have had fully healthy in 19 and 20, but they were injured. And then when they came back, they were fighting back from that injury. Uh, 21, it was Toa Toa and Christian Harris. And Christian Harris was lights out. Uh, but Henry Toa Toa, I don't want to say he was new to the system because he played at Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt, but new to Alabama. And God bless his heart, but it just I don't think that he was he was more finesse than physical. And uh, I loved his effort and his heart. Uh, so many times he was in the right place, but just couldn't make the play. And then 22, it was Toa Toa. And then seemingly finally, you know, Deontay Lawson came into the scene. And so that's a lot of, of years that the middle linebacker uh, core has not been what you would want. And Alabama, and I'm going to say this also true for years and dating well back even beyond this window, Alabama's defense is sort of predicated on uh, the defensive line and the linebackers working together to sort of form a wall uh, against the run. And so subsequently, you know, we've redeployed some of the outside linebackers uh, more in sort of pure pass rushers. So that erodes that a little bit. Uh, and then we've had diminished play from the ins inside linebacker. Alabama has had diminished play from the inside linebacker core. And again, those together sort of conspire, you know, for some of the uh, to the erosion. They, they conspire for some of the erosion that as Alabama fans, we have observed across the Alabama's defense. Uh, I think Saban agrees, right? Uh, Jalen Moody was, uh, while he was underdeployed uh, for my money, he was granted a sixth year. Saban doesn't do that for everyone. Uh, Toa Toa himself was a transfer uh, brought in, though he was undersized. Uh, this year, Alabama accepted transfers from uh, Tresman Marshall and recruited a JUCO. Alabama doesn't do either of those very often, did both uh, for the 23 season. And uh, both uh, with designs of es escalating competition and urgency, uh, not to mention depth, uh, across the linebacker unit. So I think Saban sees this specifically, these inside linebackers, we need to bolster this unit. And so how does this project? How does this work out? Well, dang, uh, it's worked out pretty well. Uh, Deontay Lawson is going to start. That was never in question. Uh, what, was, what was always the question is who's going to start opposite Deontay Lawson. And in the spring, I forecast it was going to be either Tresman Marshall or Justin Jefferson. And fall camp has demonstrated something quite different from that. I think uh, at this point, I think uh, Jihad Campbell is going to start at the middle inside linebacker position opposite uh, Deontay. So it's going to be Lawson and Campbell uh, backing them up, Marshall and uh, Tresman Marshall, the Georgia transfer, and Justin Jefferson, uh, the JUCO transfer. And then depth behind that 2D is some combination of Sean Murphy, uh, Kendrick Blackshire, and Ian Jackson. Uh, so questions and predictions for this position. Uh, question, how does the rotation shake out? Uh, Trez is the heaviest and uh, Justin Jackson is the lightest, certainly the fastest. So it'll be interesting to see if there's some rotation to get those uh, player dynamics onto the field. Uh, does an improved linebacker core represent a force multiplier uh, for the Alabama defense? 
Uh, spoiler alert: Yes, I think it does. Uh, who will be the first to say? <laughs> who will be the first to say Jihad Campbell has declared jihad against an opponent running game? So I'm asking for a friend. Uh, prediction: Yes, inside linebacker will deliver an outsized benefit. Outsides benefit uh, for the Alabama defense. It'll bolster the line while freeing up defensive backs. Uh, Deontay Lawson, I think, is going to be an All-American candidate. Uh, he may not be first-team All-America. Uh, he could be second or third-team All-America, but I think he's in or, or honorable mention. Uh, but he'll be in consideration. Campbell is going to be an All-SEC candidate. Again, may not be first-team. Uh, and, I, and I said this before, but I, I call back. Those are high praise for these two uh, middle linebackers, inside linebackers. But again, I go back, Toa Toa was all over the place. He he really was. Uh, could have made a ton more tackles than he did. Uh, he made a lot of sort of group tackles. He was in on a lot of group tackles, and we've broken that down. But the point is, he was in position to be so much more of a productive player than he was. He was just out physical. And, and then, you know, even a wounded, uh, I almost say hobbled Dylan Moses somehow was an All-American. So the right group, air quotes, the right group of inside linebackers at Alabama can be dominant. And I think the Tide has that. So um, that's going to be certainly interesting to watch. All right. All right. Here we come. Defensive backs. I am super excited about this squad, but it's there's complexities here. Um and let's step through it, right? I, I don't have to explain what I've already sort of mapped out to explain. So let's do it. Defensive backs. The defensive backfield is an increasingly difficult position to discuss, and that's really for good reason. It used to be two cover guys and two box safeties. It was pretty easy. Four guys and, you know, two were different than the other two, but there, there, there you go. Uh, the star position or the nickel in, in Saban's defense, the nickel or the star is the name that Saban calls it, uh, made it interesting, uh, and the discussion started to center around corner types versus safety types uh, at the uh, at the star position, at the nickel position. And um, uh, you know, think of Minka Fitzpatrick versus you know a Vinny Sinceri, uh when we say a, a corner type versus a safety type, and that that discussion really was sort of the gateway drugs uh, to talking about defensive backs on uh, Saban's squad. Uh, the money or the dime. The sixth defensive back was once just the best of the leftovers. It, you know, God didn't play a whole lot. We didn't play a lot of dime. So it didn't really matter uh, who you predicted or who you thought was going to be the dime. Uh, plus, when you get six deep in, in a position, it's kind of easy to draw the line. You kind of know, you know, what you're looking at. And, um, you know, now with so many, you know, knobs and buttons and levers, it's not a topic necessarily for the, for the faint of heart. Uh, there's an increased push for versatility. There's massive turnover. I think Alabama turned over seven defensive backs uh, from the 22 team. Uh, super duper recruiting, uh, just the talent that Alabama is bringing in, and a pair of unexpected post-spring transfers. With all of that, you mix all that together, and it's harder than ever to sort of find the handle on this group. Where, where do you start to try to figure it out and understand it? But that's not going to stop us. Uh, we're going to break it down uh, by position, and we're going to call out the key decision drivers. Uh, what's really, we talked about the linchpin on the offensive line. What is the linchpin or linchpins in setting up the defensive backfield? And we think we've got to figure it out, uh, at least, you know, for the sake of a fun, super fun uh, conversation. So again, it's not going to stop us. Be prepared. Uh, I never say this. I'm going to say it now. Uh, be prepared to maybe rewind some of this. 
because here's what we've got. We've got 16 names that are competing for 12 spots if it were a true hockey-style uh, shift uh, in terms of a 2D, where six rotate out and six rotate in. That's how you get to 12. Uh, some players, but that's not how this works. Some players we're going to mention in more than one position because they're legit competitors to start or be in the two deep in multiple positions. So if you're driving down the road and sort of partially paying attention, I'm going to talk about a player under cornerbacks. And in a couple of minutes later, I'm going to mention that player again in another position. And you're going to think this guy's crazy because he's calling these guys, he's calling these cats all over the place. And yes, but not because I'm crazy uh, or maybe crazy like a fox. So let's do this. Uh, let's start at the cornerback position. Normally, well, I think it's the harder position to play. It's more physically demanding. Uh, but let's start there because I think it's easier to sort of carve out a handle around the cornerback position. So straight up, uh, Keon McKin uh, Kool-Aid. McKinstry is going to be a starter at one cornerback. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, and Terry and Arnold, I think, is going to be the starter on the other side. Now, going into fall camp and through fall camp, I don't think that's been a question either. Uh, however, let's remember, Terry and Arnold started opposite Kool-Aid last year. St uh, starting opposite Kool-Aid makes you a target. I'm not going to throw to Kool-Aid. I'm going to throw to whoever is on the other side. That made Terry and Arnold a target last year. It's not because he wasn't a good player. It's because he's not as good as Kool-Aid. And guess what? Not many are. And so the corner opposite Kool-Aid is going to get a lot more air traffic. And as a result, three players ended up playing the corner position opposite Kool-Aid last year. Uh, Tarion, of course, Eli Ricks, and Kyrie Jackson. Uh, the other two are gone for different reasons, maybe the same reason. And I hope, uh, we're going to hope, that such rotation at that position is not required this year. Uh, but it does support the idea, and I've, and I've got this layered in a couple times. Uh, I left A-Day, and Alabama brought in two defensive backs, and I was like, well, what the hell is this? Uh, I just don't understand. I had it down, and I was so confident uh, about the two deep and super confident that it was going to be a phenomenal defensive backfield. And here we go bringing in names, upsetting my apple cart, because that's what it's about. And so when I think about these positions and I think about the competition, I see exactly why we brought in the two transfers. And I'm going to layer that in. Uh, I'm going to spit that knowledge at you too, or at least my perspective. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And so uh, let's let's go back to the two deep and then we're going to hit uh, Trey Amos, right? So Kool-Aid and Terry and Arnold, other starters, the two deep are Des Ricks and Trey Amos, uh, Earl Little, and Antonio Kite are the three deep, and I think there's depth with Jahil Hurley. Uh, Des Ricks and Earl Little are young. Are young. They're five stars. Uh, Antonio Kite is the guy really that's getting sort of the, the shift here because uh, he was in the two deep last year. Now I've got him in the three deep. And Jahil Hurley is a true freshman that uh, is supposed to be super talented at the position. I just He's going to struggle to, to find – uh, competitive spots here. And so when you break out the two deep that way, you understand that three corners played opposite of Kool-Aid last year. It starts to make a lot of sense why Trey Amos was brought in. Uh, with his experience on the field, he has more experience than Des Ricks, uh, Earl Little, and Antonio Kite combined. Uh, he may have more experience if you were to even throw in Terry and Arnold. And so Trey Amos, I think, is competing with Arnold for the starting spot. Arnold has the advantage because he played it last year. But Trey Amos is going to be no step down if a rotation is needed, be it for injury or performance. Whereas bringing in a even a five-star, but a sophomore uh, five-star that hasn't played the field a whole lot is a concern. So bringing in uh, transfers to contribute can be the contribution of depth and the contribution of competition. So... There's the uh, the cornerback positions. Now, let's move on to safety, and let's think about safety in the old days uh, format. Let's think of a true sort of free and strong safety. And so my two safeties are Malachi Moore and Caleb Downs. Uh, Caleb Downs is a true freshman, and Malachi Moore is a, a phenomenal player. However, the last couple of years, he has been battling injury. Uh, he's had a back injury, and so now he's he's fighting through that. And a day he looks spectacular, back to maybe his trust, uh, freshman form. Uh, but that starts to explain well, why would we bring in a backup safety? Why would we have a safety transfer? Uh, well, if your starters, your projected starters, starters are Malachi Moore, uh, who might be one hit away from re-aggravating a back injury, and Caleb Downs, as good as he can be, is still a true freshman. Uh, hasn't played a down of, of collegiate football yet, then it starts to make sense why you would bring in that uh, that safety. It's not that I don't think Mal, uh, that I, as I call him Mal sometimes, but Kai, Malachi, Moore, and Caleb Downs, it's not that I don't think they're not capable. I think they're otherworldly capable, but it's the depth and the rotation in the event of a need. All right, so let's talk about backups. I've already mentioned Jalen Kerr, or Key rather, uh, Devonta Smith, not the wide receiver uh, for the uh, Philly, but uh, oh, he's kin to uh, Sean Alexander, and he's a defensive back, and they just happen to share the same name. Uh, Devonta has been lighting it up in fall camp, uh, has rotated in with uh, some of the some of the starters, and so that's fun to see. And I think a little bit of depth at the position, Brayson Hubbard, and um, who is a freshman, and Christian Story, uh, who just never seems to have gotten his break but uh, you know, maybe has an opportunity across other positions. Uh, Devonta's progress in the fall may not have been expected. And so I think, again, that supports Jalen Key uh, coming in and being added because Dante Smith was not expected maybe to come and be this good. 
Uh, Caleb Downs, a true freshman, Malachi Moore. So I think it makes a lot of sense why we would bring in uh, Jalen Key in that situation. All right, now, now let's start to think about the star and the money. And this is where we start overlapping players. And so uh, let's walk this through. The star position, which is the nickel position, which is part of Alabama's base defense, the money isn't. Six DBs is not. Five DBs is. And so this is a core component of the Alabama uh, defense under Saban is the star position. Uh, one way of thinking about it is a slot corner. And this position always is more productive when it is a corner type as opposed to a safety type. Again, we've, we've talked about that. The starter that I have penciled in at the star is Malachi Moore. Now, I've already allocated him for another starting position, so put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it. The backup at the star position I have is Earl Little. Now, I've already called him a backup at a cornerback position uh, in the three deep. I've got him in the two deep as a backup at the star position. So hold the line on that one. Uh, I, I reference Jalen Key again is maybe uh, competing for a backup position at the star position. And then I'll list Jake Coke, uh, Pope, Jake, Jake Pope, who played the position in a day in a more of a backup position. But I thought he acquitted himself quite well. So here we go. Malachi, I'm going to call him Kai. Malachi was a surprise star at the star position. So no pun intended during a day. Coach in his post game talked about Malachi Moore practiced all spring camp to play at a safety position. And the week of A Day, Alabama had two players leave the team. They go into the portal. And both of those players were practicing and competing at the star position. So all of a sudden, Alabama's down two stars, uh, star position players. And so Malachi Moore, who had played that position for before, for the sake of executing A-Day, he had to move from the safety position and play the star position again. And the concept was, let's move Malachi from star to uh, one of the safety positions. It's a less physically demanding position so that we can still get his capability and expertise on the field, but he's going to make fewer tackles at that position. It's less of a physical position. It's less of a blitzing position. And so the opportunity for him re-aggravating an old injury is a lot less. And so we get more mileage from him at a safety position as opposed to the star. But here it is a day. We've got to field somebody tomorrow, move him back to the position because he knows it and he can play it. And he was the star of a day. He got three or four trophies, whatever during a day for in part for his ability in practice and in part for what he contributed. I think he was one of the defensive uh, MVPs. So I've got him as a starter at safety uh, and also at star. And we're going to unpack that here in just, just a bit. The money position, which is the dime. Well, this is the position where historically you just take the best. You just take the, and I'm sorry, I'm getting some storming here. So you may be picking that up uh, Sunday night, uh, thunderstorm in the South, right? And so at the money position, I'm going to list a bunch of names because this is sort of the catch-all, whoever's left. And what this demonstrates is normally, ah, you're six deep in your DBs. Like, you know who the player is because, you know, the, the talent drop-off is so significant. Well, listen to these names and tell me if there's a talent drop-off. Jalen Key, uh, Des Ricks, Devonta Smith, Trey Amos, uh, Christian Sori, uh, Tony Mitchell. And I've got Tony Mitchell in there. Um, I didn't have him in any of the 2D our projections in A-Day because we didn't know what was going to become 
uh, of his sort of legal circumstance. He's back practicing with the team. He's rotating. I don't know. He's probably going to have some suspension, team-imposed uh, suspension. And so I'm not counting on him to be a starter, uh, but he's being worked into positions and an easy position to work him into, maybe for, maybe for the second half of the season, would be a money position where he would be limited play, but you could get his talent and capability on the field. And so uh, that's a lot of players sort of competing at the money position. Uh, Christian Story here again gets pushed back. I had him as the starter at the money uh, coming out of A-Day. And, uh, you know, again, Key, uh, Key Smith, uh, Amos, uh, those players weren't around or weren't projected to perform quite at that level. So we've broken it down. We've gone through every position, and, and we sort of rank ordered uh, the two deep, the three deep, uh, and, and more at some positions. Let's explain why there's a single – let's explain the linchpin in all of this. And it really do, does come down – for me, it comes down to sort of two related factors. One is going to be Malachi Moore's health. Is he up to the rigor of star? Now, we've talked about what that means. Is he up to the rigor of star? If not, then he plays at safety, and Earl Little is the starter at star. Boom, done. If Malachi Moore's health is such that, yes, he can play star, then that doesn't automatically mean he goes to star. It just means if he can only play one of the positions, then he plays that position. If he can play either of the two positions, then the question isn't where does Malachi contribute because he can contribute to both. The question becomes who can play better at the non-Malachi position. And so if Malachi can play both, then the question becomes can Smith, can Devonta Smith or Jalen Key play safety better than Earl Little can play star? And so if star is better, if Earl Little is better at star than either of those guys are at safety, then Malachi will go to safety. If Devonta comes up and says he's the second coming at, at the safety position, and so let's keep him there, and he's playing safety better than Earl Little is playing star, then put Malachi at star, and we get our best players on the field. So it's all about getting the best players on the field in positions where they're capable of playing. Malachi is more versatile than probably anyone in the secondary. And so the competition becomes to who's his prospective backup at the other two positions. Whoever the better backup is, the better upside for them to play as a starter, then that'll determine, that'll dictate where uh, Malachi goes. So that's, and I feel truly confident about that. We've used this concept before. There's just so many more positions and so many more sort of angles to this. And that's how I sort of start to unpack it. Hopefully that makes sense. Hey, if it doesn't, send me questions. I'm happy to, uh, happy to walk through questions and, and spend some more time with us. So let's talk about Questions and predictions uh, at the positions. Uh, for questions, see the linchpin breakdown. I think that's pretty much uh, what I would have to have to ask there. Where does Malachi end up? Uh, that's a key question. And then it, where he ends up is really more the answer to a, a larger question, which is what's the capability of the other players at, at the positions where Malachi could play. All right, so there's my questions, linchpin. Uh, predictions, uh, this might be one of the easier predictions. Um, uh, Kool-Aid is All-America. Uh, I think he's a top five draft pick, uh, and that's going to be so much a function of who gets the pick and what their needs are. Uh, but he's a top five caliber uh, pick, and the corner cornerback is a is a uh, key position. Uh, I suspect Malachi uh, – so this is a prediction. Um, I suspect Malachi will rotate between safety and star, and so by that we accomplish uh, a couple of things. 
uh, we may lessen some of his wear and tear uh, by shifting him back to uh, the, uh, the safety position at times and star at others. Uh, that also gets other guys on the field. So Devonta uh, can be on the field and Ricks can be on the field. So they're both getting playing time. That competition can move into the season and Malachi has an opportunity to perform at two different positions. And also, it may be an inexpensive way. I don't want to say cheap as a pejorative. It's an inexpensive way for Alabama to potentially confuse opposing quarterbacks because now you've got Malachi playing two different positions. Um, maybe not snap to snap, but maybe drive to drive. He is playing two different uh, positions. And so when they go to look for 13, we're going to key off 13. We've been watching his film all season. We, th- we think we know the, the range of things that he might do. And holy shit, now he's lined up in a whole nother position. Uh, a young quarterback, those are the types of things that can fluster a young quarterback. And it's a way of bringing complexity to the quarterback's read without really changing anything for our defense. It's a change for Malachi because he goes from one player, one position to the other, but he knows both of those positions. So intellectually, he's not doing anything different, nor are any of the other 10 players on the defense. But how the quarterback perceives it is different. And for a young quarterback, that could be just enough uh, to create um, some issues. So that's an interesting thing. Uh, I think that'll be a fun thing to watch. Yes, I do think he uh, probably, uh, he being Malachi, uh, rotates across those positions. All right, real quickly, that's it, special teams. Not going to spend uh, a whole heck of a lot of time on it, uh, but we are going to mention it. All specialists are back. Uh, There were a number of articles. This just seemed to be the week that everyone wrote this article. Uh, But there are a number of articles in different ways proclaiming that could this be Alabama's best special team unit ever. Uh, Ever is a long time. And so my default was, no, that's stupid. Um, And then I read a couple of the articles and I thought, well, that's compelling. And so... I'm not going to say it's the best ever, but it's a, certainly a well-positioned group. Uh, and it's easy to talk about the specialist, uh, largely because they're back uh, and they're really good and or they've been improving. Will Reichert certainly is back. Uh, that's a win. That was a recruiting win, even though it wasn't a recruiting win. Uh, when uh, he, uh, Reichert said he's gone pro and then changed his mind and he's coming back, um, that was a huge win. He's backed up by Connor Talty. Uh, I believe Connor's a true freshman. Uh, maybe a redshirt freshman, uh, but he was highly ranked in uh, the recruiting rankings. Uh, it'll be good for him to spend a year, even if it's a second year, uh, with Reichert because Reichert is so dang good. Uh, we'd love some of that Reichert goodness to, to rub off on uh, the next guy. And so we're glad to have Reichert back for so many of the reasons, that being one. Uh, punter James Burnup is back. Uh, the last couple of years, I've not been a super-duper big fan of Burnup, uh, although he has improved. Uh, his distance is better, as well as his consistency. And if he can take that next step, uh, if he can take that next step, then then he may get up, you know, approaching, averaging, you know, 45 yards a punt, uh, which is certainly exciting, and uh, that would be fun to see. So we're rooting for the Aussie uh, to do that. And then Riker probably – there's a list of, of names that uh, are also punter on the roster, but I think push comes to shove. Uh, Will Riker is the backup punter. So we'll see how that <clears throat> how that plays out. Um, you know, punt returner is probably Kool-Aid and as exciting as that makes me, it makes me nervous. Uh, I don't like having sort of your feature player, um, in, in a position where he could get injured. Uh, think of Eddie Jackson, uh, and as electric as he was at that position, we missed him at safety. And if Kool-Aid were to go down on a punt return, uh, that would be, a, that would be just 
almost inexcusable way to lose such a talent from the cornerback position. Again, corner, cornerback being such a critical position, uh, especially in today's game. So I'm hoping one of the youngster wide receivers, damn, we have so many, uh, can step in and be effective in the punt return game. We'll see how that goes. Uh, kickoff returner, I think it's Emmanuel Henderson. I thought he did really, really well in A-Day. A lot of the sites are listed: Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burton. I think it's probably Emmanuel Henderson. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes – Alabama will put two players back there. So Brooks and Burton, uh, one of those players in tandem with Henderson, I think makes sense. Um, I'm going to say what I always say, that may be the easiest position of football because all you got to do is fair catch it and uh, get the ball in the 25. Um, we don't do that sometimes, uh, ever, but, uh, you know, something to watch out for. Uh, but when we think about special teams, it's easy to think about the specialists and the return guys because those are the sexy positions. Those are the names you remember. Here's why I think – that this special teams group could be really good. The icing on the cake is all the specialists and the names that we know. The cake is the talent that Alabama brings to the coverage unit, the return unit, the kicking unit, the blocking units. They're all seated with, we've just gone through the roster. We've just gone through every position. How deep all of those positions are. There is an abundance of players Think of the running backs. Think of the wide receivers. Think of the linebackers. Think of the defensive backs. There's a, an abundance of fully capable, talented players that could start for most teams in the SEC that will be competing for jobs on special teams. The units themselves, plus the specialists, but the units themselves, I think will be deeper and better and more athletic and more physically capable than maybe we've maybe we've had under Saban. That's exciting. Now, how does that manifest? I don't know. I don't specifically know. And that's hard to predict on that. Maybe it's a couple of blocks here. Maybe it's a, an extra shank here. Maybe it's some pressure in, in some situations. Maybe we allow fewer yards on a punt return uh, or fewer yards on a, on a kick return. Maybe we don't get any returns, uh, kick returns, because everyone just says, look, those guys are going to kill us. Uh, take it on the 25. Whatever it, is, whatever it is, it's going to manifest itself. Maybe it's less bonehead errors that have cost us um, in games past. I won't call anything out there. But uh, I'm just excited about the recipe In the based on I, the meal is going to be delicious because the ingredients are so damn good. Like you can't mess up the ingredients. The, whatever you, comes out of the kitchen has to be delicious. It has to be incredible because look at all the ingredients that you're working with. That's what I feel like about special teams and so many of the other positions. But special teams it's like, man, that's gonna that that has the potential to be super duper exciting. All right, so uh, here too, I'm gonna stand by my spring prediction. Uh, I think the defense is better in 23 than it was in 22. I don't know that that's um, as big of a decision or as big of a prediction uh, as the last one was. Uh, again, I think the theme is you know physical, deep, uh, attack oriented, uh, and versatile. There's a lot of versatility. I think Saban mentioned versatile and versatility and his post is post scrimmage um you know, what interview press press or whatever uh, i think he mentioned it uh, quite a number of times and and that really that really stuck out uh with me so i think this i think this defense is, is really going to be good again uh check out or join the podcast team check us out at alabamafootballpodcast.com uh there's weekly virtual tailgates uh, sometimes sometimes we do those thursday nights uh, sometimes we do them saturday morning uh, they're always good times, and just I have a whole group of new best friends 
from a, is a function of, of that. And so, man, check us out. Do that. It's it's well worth. If you're listening to this, it's definitely well worth that. Um, uh, early access to all recordings. Uh, remember, this is recorded Sunday Sunday afternoon. We're getting into Sunday night now, but you know, compare that to when you actually get to listen to it when you're downloading it. Uh, you could have could have had it Sunday night, uh, and then we're already planning a meetup in the fall, and that's becoming an annual thing, and uh, a day May as well. And so, what a group to to get uh, to get in on. I would highly recommend it, and uh, I I so want to encourage people to at least check out what we're doing. Uh, that uh, you know, go to alabamafootballpodcast.com, the website, and uh, look this article, the offensive article or the defensive article, and I'm going to include a code uh, for a free trial, a free one month trial to the uh, to the podcast group, uh, so you can hop on a Zoom, listen to it, check it out, you know, check out getting the things early. Is that cool or not? Uh, you get all my frustrations when I when I'm make a mistake recording stuff. You get to hear all that. And uh, thanks. <laughs> Some people really enjoy that. Uh, so that's awesome. But um, yeah, check it out. It's full, fully worth it. And look, it helps fund the, the show. We don't hardly make any money. All in fact, we lose money. Uh, this is our 14th season. We've lost money every year. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, a couple of dollars uh, helps us keep the lights on. If you enjoy what we do, then <clears throat> certainly, certainly we'd appreciate that. All right. That's my heart sell on that. I uh, truly appreciate you listening here, uh, listening to the shows. If all you do is download and just listen to the shows, man, we love that. Absolutely we do. And uh, we appreciate your support. Engage us with questions. Leave us a review. We love those. We're going to get back to reading those. And so hop a, hop a review in and uh, we'll, we'll give you a, a shout out uh, on an upcoming show. Really appreciate that. Email us questions. Uh, we love all of that stuff. And more than anything, as we do when we end a show, roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.